Hello, adventuresses, and welcome to the podcast show for women who love horses, travel, and adventure. Today, me and Heather are here again talking about horse riding in cold conditions. And I mean, Heather is the total expert in this because she comes from such a cold country. I mean, Canada, lots of snow. And what did you ta- what did you tell me today? Minus 22 is your temperature outside right now, right? Yeah, per- yeah and that doesn't take into effect um, wind chill. Uh, and only when you live in Canada do you know what wind chill is. Um, it, it makes it feel so much colder. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it, nobody even wants to go outside when it's this that's, cold. Yeah. That's cold. I mean, we went riding this morning. I'm still in Germany. So, um, temperatures here around uh, zero degrees at the moment. So I went riding out with the girls this morning and they were all like, it's so cold. My hands are freezing. My feet are freezing. I'm so fucking cold. And uh, I'm going to tell them tomorrow, you know, my friend Heather in Canada, they have minus 22. They also go riding. Um, Yeah. I mean, of course, there is a difference between one degree or zero degrees and minus uh, 20, minus 30 degrees. That's really awfully cold. And still riding in cold weather is something enjoyable, something um, we have to do because we have to exercise our horses at times. Um, Yeah. And which can be fun. I mean, we have a little bit of snow here at the moment. So it's fun riding outside, seeing the landscape being totally changed with a little bit of white powder on top. And it's something really enjoyable. I enjoyed myself a lot this morning. But of course, you have to take a lot of stuff into account. You have to make sure you wear warm clothes. We talked about that in our last episode. Uh, Clothes which will really protect you from the cold, from the rain, from the from the wind um, to make riding so much more agreeable. So today we're talking a little bit more about what we can do to make winter rides, to make ride in cold weather more safe, more enjoyable, and some tips and tricks uh, how to just avoid some of the common uh, pitfalls while riding in cold weather, which really make it uh, very cold and very nasty. Great. Yes. So I can't wait. Let's go to the show. We are explorers. We are trailblazers. We love to do what cannot be done. We love to test our limits, cross borders, and we love the freedom horses bring us. We seek lands without fences. Who are we? We are equestrian adventuresses. We are a community of women who love horses, travel, and adventure. To infinity and beyond! And now your hosts, Uta and Heather! What if you could have the adventure of your dreams? Enjoy your free time with your horse going out and about. The Equestrian Adventuresses created a workshop with 18 experts to tell you how to achieve this with and for your horse. We asked all of them to share their biggest mistakes and their strategies which brought them to where they are today. We asked them what they would have done differently in the first place so that you can learn directly from them. In this workshop you will... Learn strategies from our experts to succeed in having adventures with horses. Increase the speed while learning secrets our experts share with you. Get inspired. Sometimes we forget how important it is to just dream. This workshop will give you inspiration and motivation to fulfill your dreams. Our 18 experts are incredibly talented horsemen and women from different fields and countries and they have shared amazing insights and tips. Some of them are Kelly Wilson from New Zealand, who talks about what wild horses teach us, how to read horses, and how liberty work helps us in our relationship with our horse. Jonathan Field from Canada, who talks about how to stay safe with horses, and how trail riding can help you with your general riding skills. 
Sarah Cuthbertson from Ride Like an Athlete tells us all about riders' fitness and how to prepare your body for an adventure. Sandra Schmidt from Ireland gives advice about how to prepare for an overnight camping trip with horses and about what equipment and gear is necessary. Charlotte Kingsman Chaudhry talks about how to manage our emotions to have a better relationship with our horses. Kathleen Leonard tells us about the biggest mistakes new long riders make and how not to long ride. And these are just some examples. There are many more. Additionally, there are bonus panel discussions about different topics such as saddlebags, tipping etiquette, when, what to do what, when you're injured while riding abroad, and many more. All this you can access from the comfort of your home or listen to while driving out to work or to the stable. We have also added behind-the-scene footage and you will receive a goal-setting workbook to put your new knowledge to work. You can get all this for a special price of just $27 US dollars as a limited offer. You can find our virtual workshop on the Equestrian Adventurers' website and I will also add the link in our show notes. Just click on it and start fulfilling your dreams about adventuring with horses. And here we are back again talking about horse riding in cold weather. I mean, winter is here in the Northern Hemisphere and horse riding outside is just very challenging and much more challenging than during summer or spring or other seasons. Um, but if you can keep warm and uh, make sure your horse is uh, also not cold, not chilled, um, it can be quite enjoyable. Uh, but of course, there's, uh, yeah, there's a couple of uh well let's call them um challenges and that's basically snow cold early darkness which can prevent problems for all of us and then there's of course uh sometimes we just don't take care of ourselves um because we usually keep into account okay what kind of shoes my horse have well what kind of how can i keep my horse warm how can i prepare my horse but then we don't uh, really think that we have to prepare ourselves very equally so uh, let's just talk uh, talk a little bit about uh, what problems are there for us. We talked already about clothes last episode. Uh, how can we keep warm? But there's still so many other things. So Heather, you um, have a couple of ideas what we can do to make us, to make sure we are comfortable and we are uh, keeping in a good condition. We are keeping well and kicking uh, during winter times. Yeah, well, you know, riding in the winter time, um, like you said, so many factors. Um, it gets dark so early, or or dark. It's dark longer in the morning and darker earlier in the evening. So your window for riding is quite small. Um, so when you are riding, if you're ever riding in those kind of shoulder hours, if you can only ride first thing in the morning, or if you can only ride right after work, say four thirty, five o'clock, you know, in that you know, that, well, I think December 21st is the shortest day. Or So if you're riding really kind of around Christmas time, um, it's dark. Well, where I live, it's dark by, you know, by 4.30, 5 o'clock, I think it, it, it is quite dark. Um, high vis, you want to make sure you have some sort of uh, reflection on you that if you are out, if you're near roads. Something that's super cool is... Um, especially at this time of year because it's because uh, of Christmas or Christmas time um there you can buy these like battery operated little lights they're they're like a christmas decoration but they work great for you know you can um sometimes they have like little clips on them that you can actually clip them into your horse's tail. So it's almost like a flashing, like a, like a four-way flasher, but on your, but on your horse's tail, or you can attach it to the back of your helmet. Um, just to give, you know, if you are in an area where maybe there's going to be cars, there is that, that extra amount of light. Um, 
And obviously, I was in one store and you could, the, the headlamp things, well, you can actually buy a toque with a pre-built-in battery-operated little lamp. Like, so it's not going to be like, you know, super, you know, distance kind of thing. But if you put that on, it does, uh, or activate the light, it will give you some light vision. Um, so if you're out doing chores, uh, and it's dark, you can see a little bit better. So, so those are some, some tips on high vis, um, visibility kind of things The the yellow, the oranges, that reflector, you know, kind of stuff that was beyond your bicycle. You basically want to have, make sure that it's on yourself, but, um, temperature wise, because it's so cold, you do also need to be warm. Um, and, and Ut and I will go back and forth on this, but something that, uh, and I don't know if we talked about it before is you can buy these inserts that you put on your head that has, that's the same shape as your helmet, but it has like the, the part that actually goes over the top of your head, um, can be fuzzy, can be a silky kind of material, but then it has like super fuzzy ear ear protection that slide your helmet slides right over top of it and it gives you um extra ear warmth so when you're out riding even if you're <clears throat> now I am a fair weather rider it's minus 22 today yeah I'm not riding today I'm a, like oh minus two and sunny okay let's go um <clears throat> but but those are kind of things that you want to keep keep in mind if your ears are warm your hands are warm your toes are warm you do tend to, <clears throat> pardon me, um, it makes the overall ride that much more enjoyable. Yes. Um, yeah. So you can, um, the one thing to keep in mind is uh, for gloves, um, to keep your hands warm, you can buy those little hot shot inserts that go inside, but make sure your gloves are um, the style that, like, <clears throat> depending if you're in an area where, oh, <clears throat> I'll send them a frog in my throat. Um, if there's some that are good for cold, but then if you, if your hands get wet, that's another story. Cause if you get wet and cold, then that's really end game, right? Yeah. Uh, I become the not so nice people when it's, I'm cold and wet. So yeah, you want to make sure that your hands are warm and dry. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is, uh, something we've already discussed last uh, week as well, yeah. because keeping warm is just the one big thing keeping your feet warm keeping your hands warm and these are the the, the body parts which usually cool off uh, quickest get cold quickest uh, yeah. keeping the head uh, protected because we lose so much uh, heat uh, from our head uh, so it's very very important to wear something under the helmet or a helmet mm -hmm. cover i'm not sure we mentioned it last time there's helmets yeah i think we did uh, helmet covers you can purchase they are amazing Yeah. Um, so uh, another part of the body that um, we have to protect that we kind of forget about in the winter time um, is our face and lips. Right. So in the summertime, you know, oh, we're it's hot out. We put the sunscreen on. Um, it's very important in the winter time that you do also because the sun is reflecting off the snow um, it, in where I live. It's super dry, like a cold dry. Um, so your lips constantly are needing, um, lip chap, lip balm. Um, you can get ones that have, um, SPF in them, which is really good for, well, protecting your lips from the sun and keeping them, the, um, moisture in because when it is cold, uh, you know, like everything, when it gets cold, everything wants to shrinkle up. 
So um, making sure that you're putting sunscreen on your face when you're riding in the wintertime and lip balm. Um, it, you know, you can buy, uh, you know, a little tube that you just keep in your winter riding jacket that when you're out, um, because there is there is such a thing as snow burn, right? Because the sun reflects off the snow onto your face. Um, you get wind burn, those kind of things. And it is a little bit, we don't associate it because it's not hot. Um, that we're getting a sunburn, yeah. but technically it still is a sunburn. So, so that's yes. something that, uh, that you want to, um, to really take into consideration, especially because most times if you're going to go for a long ride, it'll be on a sunny day and you're going to go between that 10 a.m. and, and 2 p.m. Yeah. where the sun is, uh, where it is the brightest, right? Yeah, that's definitely a big, big thing. I think um, a lot of people forget this very quickly because it's, it's winter, you know, uh, the sun is not strong, but the sun can be very strong, particularly when there is snow on the ground, uh, because mm -hmm. it comes from both sides. The snow reflects the, the light. Every skier knows this, but we horse riders tend to forget it sometimes. Yeah, we um, and, and I think that that image of the old leathered cowboy And that's why, because they didn't wear sunscreen ever. They still don't. I don't think any of those old ranchers out doing chores, they probably don't have a morning regime of, oh, I better put my moisturizer on and where's my lip balm? No, that doesn't happen. So so you, you want to make sure that you take care of your, your skin and your lips because um, there's nothing worse than chapped lips in the wintertime. Because it's like once they get chapped, you can never get ahead of it. It's like it, it stays for two months and you're constantly going through lip balm. I will say, and I'm quite proud of this. I have used two tubes now to the very end. I used the whole entire tube. I didn't lose it. It didn't go through the washing machine. Um, so, so that is a feat that I, I, I would think if you did a poll, there isn't very many people that can honestly say they've used a complete tube of lip balm. What about you? Are you, are you, a uh, a uh, uh, I uh, say like you use it to the very end or do you lose it? Or, like I have one beside my bed. I have one in my car. I have one in my purse. Um, but the one in my car, I think because I put it back in the same spot every time is, is how I have successfully used the full tube. Yeah, I do. I use a lot of lip balm because whether I ride in India, whether I ride in Germany, Germany, usually it's more, uh, it's more humid. We have more humidity, more rain, but India, it gets very, very dry in winter as well. So I need the lip balm on a daily basis several times. So I always carry lip balm in each of my horse riding pockets. I usually mm -hmm. carry a little uh, belt pocket with me or like a leg bag. Um, and there's always, uh, always, always, always a chapstick because I desperately need something for my lips. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I use them until they're gone, basically. Sometimes, um, you know, I forget that I have one inside and I throw another one inside. So I'm always using like same as you, like four or five <laughs> uh, simultaneously. But yeah, yeah, definitely a big, big thing, the lip balm, summers as well as winters. Yes. So also uh, very important is to keep yourself hydrated when you're uh, when you're out riding. Um, <clears throat> sometimes it is the the thought of having a little uh, flask in your bag, uh, maybe a little uh, wine, maybe some wine, maybe a little bit of brandy. Um, there is uh, oh, no, I can't think of what it's called. I think it's called hot shot. But it's like a uh, a spicy whiskey, a cinnamon whiskey. Well, I can't think of what it's called. Brain just, it left to, anyways. Um, 
in the moment, it does feel like it warms you up. However, the alcohol does, uh, if too much is consumed, will thin your blood and make you colder. So keep that in mind. Oh, hot 100. That's what it's called. <laughs> it's a, it's a cinnamon uh, flavored whiskey. You drink it like a shot. Um, and it is, it is very like, it's, you know, a little bit spicy, like the cinnamon, a little bit spicy from the whiskey, but it does, uh, it does give you that initial feeling of warmth. But if you do too many shots of hot 100, it in the end will make you colder. So, so just keep that in mind when you're out riding, if you are having a little nip of alcohol, uh, keep in mind that keep it to a minimum because that will make you colder. Um, a fun fact with regular liquids, um, the best choice, um, anytime is a, uh, room temperature drink. So whether that's water, whether that's tea, um, when you consume that kind of room temperature water or liquid, um, your body doesn't have to work as hard to regulate it. That's why in the summertime, you never want to drink really cold water because it's your body has to work so much harder to warm that water up to actually make you feel hydrated. Uh, same goes for when you drink really hot liquids like coffee, uh, which my grandfather from, from the day he started drinking coffee till the day he died, he liked his coffee as hot, as hot, as hot as possible. Uh, I don't know how he didn't like burn his throat and everything, but yeah, he liked it hot. Um, but your body has to work so hard, like, you know, has to really mm. use a lot of energy to to either heat that water up or bring it back to a temperature where your body can actually use it. Um, so that's why when you're out, you know, if you're taking a water bottle, don't throw extra ice in it to keep it cold. You know, room temperature is uh, is always best. And using a proper thermos that's going to keep it at that temperature will um, will definitely be helpful to you. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Now, what about getting your horses ready for winter riding? Yeah, definitely. I mean, now we talked a lot about us. We talked a lot about our clothes, what we can do to keep ourselves warm, hydrated, protected from the sun. But of course, there's a lot of obstacles for horses as well, a lot of challenges. Now, one of the biggest things during winter really is a grip. Um, so the ground is very slippery uh, when there's snow anyway, but even without snow, the ground's usually wet and soaked and there's a lot of dead leaves on the ground. So the horses tend to slide around a lot. And um, yeah, so for me, for instance, what I do every winter or what I would uh, advise people in cold countries, I mean, I have the in, in India, of course, it's the other way around. But um, here uh, during winter, I, I know a lot of people, they take away, they take off the shoes during winter. So this has two advantages. First of all, it's good for the hoofs. They can kind of regrowth a little bit. They can, um, yeah, they can just, uh, yeah. Uh, re, you know, get a bit of a remake without shoes because, of course, putting shoes on their, uh, on, on your horse's hooves just, uh, yeah, has a couple of disadvantages, basically, uh, putting, forcing the hoof to grow in a direction, um, uh, constraining it, of course, with the metal and all. So it's good to just remove the shoes for a couple of months every year to give the hoof a little bit, um, the chance to breathe and to regenerate a little bit. So wintertime is a great time because it is slippery and uh, particularly when there's no snow, uh, but also when there's snow, you have a lot less problems with grip with just, uh, you know, your horses lining around on a very slippery surface, be it uh, because it's wet or be it because of this snow. 
So mostly when you have, if you ride outside and your horses don't have shoes, um, then it's much easier for the horse to remain the grip because uh, basically the hoofs of the horses, they, I mean, they make the horse, they give them a lot of traction. The horse can naturally balance themselves a, a lot better than on slippery shoes. And there is no problem with snowballs forming under the hoofs or very little problems. There's a little bit of snow sometimes uh, building up under our horse's hoofs. So um, a trick I learned from... <laughs> good from an old-time rider here in Germany is to put grease on your horse's hooves if you have a problem with snow building up under the hooves. You know, when you have like the snowball sticking on the underneath your horse's hooves, it happens more when you have a shoot horse, but can happen on a barefoot horse as well. Just uh, add some grease. Uh, petroleum jelly is very good. Uh, it's a very good coating, but you can also actually put butter or oil or whatever. You can think of anything greasy enough uh, will keep these snowballs from forming uh, on your horse's hooves. Um, if you want to keep your horse shoot, which of course a lot of riders, some horses need shoes during winter as well. Some riders just keep the horses shoot all year round. Um, you can ask your farrier to put pad pads inside the, the shoes in between shoe and hoof to prevent the snow from uh, from building up in there. And you can add ice caulks or studs for a better grip. Um, the problem with ice caulks or studs is that they can lead, of course, to injuries. You know, when horses kick each other, you have to be very careful when a horse steps onto your foot with studs on. Mm -hmm. That hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience. I had uh, horses with studs standing on my foot and that wasn't a very nice experience. So you have to be really careful. Um, and then, of course, while riding, the studs prevent the slippering a little bit, but it's still slippery. So you should better watch out when you cross roads, for instance, where you have a little bit of ice sheet building up. Or if you have some very slippery um, surface, uh, you just need to be a little careful when you when you ride your horse outside, even with ice cocks or with uh, with studs inside. Um, so what is always important is to adjust the work, the workload of your horses, you know, keep in mind that, um, the horses sweat during winter, particularly if they have cold, uh, horses, um, they, if they travel through snow, it's much more tiring than background. You don't want your horses to sweat too much. So you always have to keep a little bit in mind, um, to, uh, how much work you can put your horse to. And then of course, um, Another thing is if you ride out with your horses, not only uh, your horse slips more, also keep in mind that cars will need a longer way to brake or stop uh, when it's a little slippery, a little icy, uh, and the danger of accidents is higher. So just be a little bit more careful when you ride outside um, that you have all these things in mind. Yeah, then the thing of sweating, of course. Horses will naturally form a winter coat of thick and long hairs. Uh, so when you ride or work your horse, it will sweat and due to the thick coat, it will take a lot longer to dry. So this might not be a problem on sunny days or when you can let your horse dry outside in the sun or stable it. Um, but of course, it might catch, uh, it might cause the horse to catch a cold if it has to stand or wait in a drafty place. Or of course, if you keep your horses outside during winter, which some people do. Um, so never underestimate the wind chill. That's very, very important. Um, so always plan uh, to have your horse mostly dry um, when you come back home. So that means adjusting the rides a little bit. Like for instance, if we ride out here in wintertime, we trot and canter more in the beginning of the ride. And then we plan quite a long time just walking back home. So the horses have a chance to dry. 
um, because the thing is, if you arrive back at the at the farm um, when they're still pretty wet, uh, there's not really a good place for them to dry where they're really out of the windshield. And with the wind, they can really, the problem really is if the horse is wet and you add a blanket on them then, um, yeah, so you need a blanket definitely, which wicks away moisture or uh, what some of the people used to do in the olden days, they would put some straw underneath the blanket and then add the blanket so that the, the coat has a chance to dry. If you put a blanket, particularly one of these, um, you know, one of these rain blankets on top of the ho on, on top of a wet horse, you know, the blanket will get from underneath, but the moisture has nowhere to go. So it stays trapped in there and the horse gets seriously cold. So, um, yeah, so it's basically the graduate cooling um, is very, very important, right? Um, ride your horse for the last at least one hour of the ride walking and, or just, um, you know, take off the saddle and then walk your horse on hand for 10, 15 minutes after the ride. Um, but keep in mind when it's very windy and very cold, you might want to put a light rug on to the horse, which, as I said, one of these typical, uh, wicking away moisture, uh, drugs, because otherwise, yeah, it's not going to dry underneath and the horse will get cold anyway. Of course, you can share your horse, shear your horse um, to prevent excessive sweating. But when you shear your horse, uh, you will need to rug him to make sure he's warm enough uh, or keep him stabled pretty much all winter long. Uh, and keep in mind, um, of course, the cooling down is one thing, but the horses also in winter need longer periods for warming up. So uh, keep in mind when you ride out in winter, if you're planning out one of these nice little uh, trail rides in winter, an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever, however long you want to go. Um, your horse needs a longer warming up period and your horse really needs a longer cooling down period. So plan really a long walk, walking period, a period of just walking at the end. And, uh, so that he can probably dry. Um, yeah. Then there is also maybe a thing for the horses when you ride out in cold or with a lot of wind or you know that you have to tie the horses during the ride for a little bit. There's these uh, rump rugs. They're also called, I think, quarter sheets, um, which you attach to the saddle and then just you can roll them out if needed. And they'll just keep the hind muscles of the horses of the horse from getting cold. And they're pretty useful, actually. Also, if there's a kind of continuous drizzling uh, rain and you want to prevent these big muscles from getting cold, you can just roll this out over your horse's rump. And uh, these are the main muscles which should, and there's of course the kidneys and this area should always be kept a little warm and you always, every rider knows this is the, the area of the horse you need to take care. Yeah, so this is basically what you have to do uh, for your horses. Uh, what else I've Darkness, we already talked about the darkness. Um, yeah, a couple of tips and tricks, really. Um, one of the things I always do when I ride out with horses during winter is to warm the bit before putting it into the horse's mouth. Uh, Heather, you told me that you basically take the bridle indoors uh, if you're planning out uh, a ride in the following morning. You can do that as well. I keep the bit in my pocket uh, when, I, when I, you know, groom the horse and... Um, by the time, if it's not really warm, I take it in my hand and warm it with my hand so that when I'm putting it into his mouth, um, it's, it's, it has a nice temperature. I mean, if we consider us ourselves, I wouldn't want anyone to put a cold piece of metal into my mouth. <laughs> so yes, exactly. That's not very nice. And then, of course, check the weather forecast to adjust your clothing. I always, uh, when I'm planning out a ride, I, 
have a look in the morning at the temperature, uh, the wind chill factors and these things. Is there going to be snow or rain? And then I'm just trying to um, sort out my clothes accordingly. Um, I always carry a hoof pick uh, when I ride in snow. I mean, I carry a hoof pick anyway, but they also come very handy if you have the snow build up in your horse's hooves. Um yeah, horses enjoy riding in the snow a lot. Some horses can be very, very fresh when there's snow. Some horses, um, if you don't have snow that often, they might really get into a mood. So be careful because they can get really spooky or really like happy, you know, jumping up and mm-hmm. down and e- even trying to roll. A lot of horses tr- enjoy rolling in the snow and they can do so without a lot of warning. So <laughs> So be beware when your horse suddenly starts, you know, uh, scratching with the foot on the ground and stopping. <laughs> um, it might be a warning sign that he might uh, throw himself into the snow very fast. Yeah. Um, if you feel the horse has too much energy during winter, which can be there, of course, because in winter, a lot of riders don't ride out regularly. So if you want to head out and you feel your horse has a, is very energetic or very fresh, you can also lunge them before um so you get rid of a little bit of this extra energy and get them a little bit off their funny moods and then only head out on the trail. Um, now, I think we talked very briefly a little bit about um, riding etiquette on trails um, the last time, but I want to maybe uh, go back into this topic because Heather, you have, of course, a lot of um, a lot of experience with that. What can we do to keep uh, trail riding safe for everyone involved? Um, well, if you're riding on, on shared trails, for example, you know, the, the fat bike, um, winter riding seems to be a, a new thing now, the bikes with the really big tires. Um, the downside is that lots of those cyclists do tend to wear headphones. So even if you add a, you know, some bells or something to, or you're out with a friend and you're chatting, they may not hear you. Um, so just be, be aware when you're on your trip out on a ride, if you see fresh tracks, you know, be conscious that, okay, there could be, um, other people out here, like bike tracks is what I'm getting at. Um, you want to be able to, uh, you know, make sure that you stay on trails that are wide enough that you're able to pass. Um, and you as the rider, are going to have to instruct the cyclist what they need to do because the cyclists are going to be like, holy shit, there's a horse. Now what do I do? Mm-hmm. So, you know, moving, and sometimes it's easier for you to move over and and stop and let them go by. Um, I, I would think that the majority of the ones are going to be so surprised that they came across a horse, they're going to stop and and communicate with them, say, okay, I will go by, you stay there. Uh, or, you know, I'll stop, you go by kind of thing, you know, keeping that communication open, um, just so you're both not trying to go at the same time. And all of a sudden, your horse is stepping on their bike, and then it's a big wreck. So um, just being aware, but, you know, making anytime you're riding on trails, it's always a good idea to, um, you know, be 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 talking, making some noise, those kind of things, because you never know when you could come across a, a deer or, uh, and you know some sort of e- even a rabbit shooting out right you know that most likely um you know just being aware of your surroundings will help you and your horse um and you know 
make sure that you're, if you have a cell phone with you, that the cell phone is attached to you, not attached to your horse, just in case you ever become separated from your horse. Yes, definitely very important when you kind of get involuntarily separated from your horse, your horse runs off happily and uh, you are just kind of left behind in in a dirty puddle and you need to alert someone, uh, you know, to catch your horse because, you know, your horse might run back towards the stable and, you know, there's a busy road or whatever, you know, it's always good to keep yourself on with you definitely and i mean this is very true what you said communication um today we came across a jogger wow i i thought i'm very brave to be out there jogging this morning because we had snow and there was a lot of because the snow was melting um it wasn't really very solid um there was a lot of water on the tracks like the horses we really had to force our fight our way through the puddles uh so i thought i'm very brave running um in those conditions in the morning. Yeah, but um, very often, I mean, he kind of didn't cross us. He went the other way um, before us, but we saw him. Uh, very often we see some bikers. And uh, yeah, it's always important because very often people do not know how horses react. They don't have the feel how uh, dangerous it can be sometimes. Um, so it's always good to talk with them. You can say, okay, please, um, can you stop there? We have a young horse here. We don't know how he reacts on, on bikes. Or uh, could you just pass us slowly or uh, keep distance? Distance. When I when I'm out there biking and I see some person on a horse, I always usually call out to them and ask them, "Is it fine if I pass you? Is it fine if I overtake you? Uh, can I go um, past you or just alert them so they know I'm there?" Because very often you don't hear the biker uh, when you're sitting on a horse because the clip clopping of the hoofs they make quite a lot of noise, particularly if you're on a on, a, on an asphalt road, on a paved road, and um, your horses have shoes. Uh, very often you don't hear the biker. The biker thinks you heard them. And uh, this is a big problem. So it's always good when you're on, 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 yeah, on the horse to call out or if you're on a bike to call out, um, communicate with the other person, with the other party and tell them, you know, I'm sorry, my horse uh, is scared of you, right? Of your bright yellow jacket or whatever, right? This is an important information. Pass it on. You know, the other person, I guess, is happy to wait for two minutes rather than being kicked or rather being the reason for you to fall off the horse. So yeah, right. keep this, this channels of communication open. It's always, I think it's, it's bad, it's good etiquette to call out and say good morning or hello or how do you do? Um, yeah, I think, uh, this is also a very nice, uh, we, we are just there, you know, we are horse riders. So if we make a bad impression on people, people will say, oh, all horse riders, they're just these uh, stuck up people there. They have so much right. money and they all like, they think they're better than us. So yeah, keep talking to them. Be nice, be friendly and uh, warn them and just tell them, sorry, my horse is young. Uh, can you just wait? Communicate with them. I think this is always very, very important when you, because we are never there out there alone. Very often we just have to share our bridleways, our roads, our tracks with a lot of other people, be it uh, hikers, be it runners, be it cyclists, whatever. So it's important to communicate our problems or our concerns with them because they might not even get the idea that the horse can spook just because I'm passing them on my bike. Right. Absolutely. We, we need to stay safe out there. And, and exactly. it is, you know, we're, we're very fortunate that they, that we have, you know, these places to go riding. Um, um, and we are, but they, we are seeing, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, you came across maybe a jogger, maybe a fam, you know, not very often did you even see cyclists, but now, 
Um, you're seeing more and hordes of them. And especially now that they've, you know, mountain bikes have really advanced and they have these, the fat tire ones and mm-hmm. all the e-bikes. All those, the e- yeah, absolutely. So is it such a big thing in Canada to e-biking? Because here it's crazy. Oh yeah. The e-biking because now lazy people can ride bikes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't not, not even say only lazy people. I have an e-bike and I love it because it's so much fun. You can, oh, Uh, you know, going there 40 kilometers and then 40 kilometers back, oh, it's easy because you have the e-bike. Well, exactly. You, a bit you more can just, range. yeah, you're not tired. Your, um, your legs aren't sore when you're done. Oh yeah. They're fun. They're expensive though. Um, yeah. a quality one here will run you probably 11, $1,200 Canadian. So yeah. that would be maybe eight, 900 Euro. So yeah, that's the absolute minimum. If you want a good one here, you probably have to shell out. I purchased mine for quite a lot of more, like two to, yeah, one to 3,000 euros you have to pay for oh, wow. for a good one, for a good mountain bike, for e-mountain bike, you can right. say. And I, I wouldn't even say I'm I'm not tired when I'm done with my rides. I'm really tired out, but I just cover a lot of ground and it's just so much more fun It, because right. you can speed up It's, a little bit more. I'm a speed junkie, basically, being whether I'm on a horse. Helps you go up little hills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. I love that little extra speed it gives me. And um I can I can really use it where otherwise would have used the car. I'm a little bit sad. I love using I love riding the bike down to the horses here, uh, but I can't use it at the moment because the ground is just so slippery and soft and uh, oh, okay. I had two near falls that I decided, okay, now the e-biking time for the time being is over. I have to wait until the weather Just gets right. a bit drier. Right. Yeah, probably. All right. Well, you oh. have a great rest of your night. I We have a big, uh, uh, this week in, in Regina, the little city that I live nearby is having, it's called Agribition. Um, so it's a big, they have a rodeo, they have uh, every kind of animal you can think of and a big trade show. And there's some pottery that I've got my eye on that uh, I am going to uh, go into the city today and see if I can pick some of it up. But it's really great. It, it's a big agricultural event uh, show. Um, oh. You can, they have, uh, you can see every breed of sheep and pig and cow and horse. And they do, um, I think, I think tonight, or they do mounted shooting. They do all, all of like the traditional rodeo events. Um, they have a, a big horse sale where like the performance horses sell for like thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's always fun to go and watch, um, be like, wow, people have spend a lot of money <laughs> on these things, yeah. but you see the most beautiful Western wear, uh, because every, it, it's an international event. So you, I actually was in, um, in Costco, uh, a few days ago and the woman in front of me had on the most beautiful cowboy hat. And then she had on this vest, um, that was kind of a, a Navajo pattern, but it was a right to her, like it went three quarters of the way down, um, to her, down her legs. And it was so beautiful. I actually snuck a picture of it. Like she was walking in front of me and I took a picture of it because it was so pretty and her hair was done so nice. I'm like, I like that outfit. So maybe I'll mm-hmm. go hunting for that best today too. Okay. So good luck for your hunting then. I'll yes. go down and in my village today is a little Christmas market. So I have to Uh, make a dash for it now because, uh, yeah, I want to have a look what they have and eat something there and maybe sing some Christmas carols. It's going oh, to be fun as well. Perfect. So you have, well, a, you have a great evening. night. 
Yep. Yes. I'm sure. I hope everyone enjoyed our little mini winter riding series and maybe, yeah, maybe you could profit from it and uh, get a tip or, or uh, two from us and maybe enjoy, make these winter rides more enjoyable. Perfect. And that's it for today's episode. Heather and me want to thank you very much for tuning in to the Equestrian Adventurers podcast, the show for women who love horses, travel and adventure. Are you missing a topic or have an interesting story to tell? Contact us through our Facebook group or send us an email on podcast-show at equestrianadventurers.com. For all information on this episode, check out today's show notes. You can find the link in your podcast player window or just go to the Equestrian Adventurers' website under podcast. Here you can find all the information about our virtual workshop, Adventuring with Your Horse, our latest free travel guidebook, The Ultimate Equestrian Adventurers' Bucket List, or our 1000 Miles Challenge. So long, everybody. Happy trails. <laughs>